Therefore I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. This is Jonathan Smith, and welcome to the In His Grip radio broadcast. Join me for the next few minutes for old-fashioned singing and preaching. When you think you're about to lose grip on faith and life, remember this, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the In His Grip radio broadcast. I appreciate you guys being patient with me. Past couple weeks, we've been helping out at Greer Baptist Camp, and between working my job during the day, going down there at night, getting in in the middle of the night, sleeping just a few hours, getting up and doing it all over again, uh, I've been playing a couple of messages uh, from uh, people that have passed on already, and I hope you've enjoyed those messages. And today you get to hear me again. So good to be back, back to full speed, and like to preach to you a thought that I have on my heart for this afternoon. If you have your Bibles, uh, Judges chapter number 16, Judges chapter number 16, begin reading at verse 16, we'll read through verse 21, and we'll get into the thought that I have on my heart this afternoon. Judges 16, verse number 16, and it came to pass when she prayed, pressed him daily with her words, and urged him, so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart, and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he has showed me all his heart. Then the lord of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. Such a sad statement right there. And then verse 21, But the Philistines took him, and put out his eyes, and brought him down to Gaza, and bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. So that's correctly read, Judges 16, verses 16 through 22. And this is kind of picking up in the middle, if you will, of Samson's story. And uh, we'll look at a couple things, and we'll get right into the message. Before I get into the message this afternoon, I want to point out some simple dangers of backsliding. You know, many have done it, many will have do it, and Samson did it, all because of the love of self. Many times before a person realizes the danger 
dangers of backsliding. He does not count the cost of what it will, uh, the, the, the price that it's going to cost them, if you will, what the results and the consequences are by playing around with the devil and his crowd. We, we mentioned this statement growing up. We've heard it, and we will continue to use it. But be sure that your sins will find you out. A couple verses. Galatians 6-7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And we understand the rule of reaping and sowing is that we're going to reap more than we sow. And we see Romans 12.3 has a statement, For I say through the grace is given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think whereby according as God hath dealt unto every man the measure of faith. Really stern warning here, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. We see Samson made this statement. He said, I'll go out as any other time and I'll shake myself. But he didn't realize that God did not have his hand upon him. In 1 Corinthians 8, 2, And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. And then we can kind of just you go around. We can see a lot of different verses. But 2 Corinthians 3, 5 says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. It would behoove us this afternoon to realize that anything about us is strictly because God has given us the strength to do it, not that we have it of ourselves. And some things that I want to look at real quick before we get into the message, some things that might cause you to backslide. What are some things that will cause us to backslide? You can indulge in the pleasures of the world. Again, you can just dive deep into the pleasures of this world, but I promise you that one of the results is that you'll be backslidden in your heart. Another one is adopting the standards of the world. I, I don't understand why churches and why preachers and why uh, people that have grown up in the, in the right way and, and have grown up in the truth of God's Word would want to adopt the standards of the world and apply them to their lives. I, I guess they get tired of, tired of fighting and they just want to fit in per se, but the result is going to be backslidden in your heart. Not only indulging in the pleasures of sin and the pleasures of the world, but adopting the standards, but also trying to copy the world's habits. Uh, it's a shame that you can't tell the church apart from the world and you can't tell the world apart from the church because too many people have copied the world's habits and then they want to wear the world's fashions. So they want to do what the world is doing. They want to look like the world is looking and then they want to talk like the world is talking. And that's the other danger is speaking the world's language. And that'll bring you to a place where you share the world's ambitions. Now, let me tell you, when you get to that point where you indulge and you start adopting and copying and, and, and dressing like them, speaking like them, you start sharing things with them, you will find yourself submitting 
to the world's point of view and adopting that world view mentality. And that'll bring you to a place where, where you, when you get backslidden with God, those are the things that'll cause it, but then you'll lose your power with God. Every bit of power that you have from God will be gone, and everything else in your life will start to go wrong, and you will start to look back and go, where did I mess up? Well, I'll tell you, it's where you gave in to the things of the world because of the love of self. And the results will be you will lose your place in life. The world will make a laughing stock out of you. And then it'll be too late to go back to where you once was. You'll lose that place. I'm not saying you can't get forgiveness. I'm not saying you can't get right. But what I'm saying is that place that you had in your life will be forever abandoned. God wants you to call, come back. God wants you to call upon Him. He wants you to pay the price uh, uh, of forsaking the world. And that is the, the magnis magnificent price of the rewards that God can give you for selling out and giving everything to Him. But the problem is that some people are in danger of getting away from God and it costing them everything that God had intended for them. That brings me to my message this afternoon. We're looking at Samson. There's very few accounts in the Bible, very few uh, uh, written stories, if you will, but they're not hit, they're not made-up stories. They're true stories. They're real people, real things that's going on. There are very few accounts in the Bible that is, that is as tragic as the one we find in the life of Samson. Here is a man whom God gave 20 years to overcome the enemy. But yet, in the end, he couldn't even overcome himself. I want you to think about that for a minute. Here's a man that God gave everything that he needed to overcome an enemy, but in the end, he could not overcome himself. Samson's history is an illustration or example of Paul's warning in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse 27. Here's what Apostle Paul said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul was afraid of, of preaching the truth and preaching the gospel that in the end he would find himself being a castaway because Samson himself was indeed a castaway towards the end of his life. We see in Hebrews 11, verse 32, that the names for him, for his faith, in God's Word. We, we see it. It's right there in Hebrews chapter 11. Samson was known for his faith. But apart from that verse, very little can be said on Samson's behalf other than the few verses we'll look at this afternoon. 1 Corinthians 10:12 says, Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Let me tell you something. I want to preach with this thought in mind this afternoon. The man who had his way. The man who had it 
His way. Let me tell you this afternoon, there are some steps that will bring you to this place of destruction. There are some steps, if you will, that will bring you to being backslidden in your heart and it costing you a price that you're not willing to pay. First of all, we could back up and look at chapter number 13. If you have your Bibles and if you look back in chapter number 13, we look at verse number 8 and it says, Then Manoah entreated of the Lord and said, Oh, my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us and teach us what shall what we shall do unto the child that will be born, that shall be born. So we can see that Samson's parents was seeking godly counsel, godly wisdom, godly direction on how to raise this child. We see that even though you have godly parents, that doesn't mean that you're going to turn out right. That child is going to make their own decisions. And we ought to seek wisdom from, the, from God. We ought to seek counsel from people of God. We ought to raise them in the ways of God. But let me tell you that even though you do that, even though God will give you everything that you need, you, you can find that most people that you find that has a, 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 a destructive end, if you will, the first step to realizing that a child of God is wanting to have it his way is that he despises his heritage. I'm, I can tell you that I, I come from a good heritage. My wife uh, and her and her family, they have a great heritage. Both of our grandparents are pastors, or and and they preach for over fifty years. Her her grandfather's still pastoring; he's still alive. Mine's done went on to glory, and her dad is is a deacon of, of a church, a good man, a good Christian man, and God has done miraculous things in his life. and And I have a great dad, and he's been faithful to the ministry for over forty years in the country of Brazil, but just. Just because you have a heritage doesn't mean that you're going to turn out right. You should follow your heritage if they're following God. You should be thankful you shouldn't take it for granted. But Samson in his life despised the heritage that was given him. God gave to Samson a very good body. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter if he was a muscle man or, or if he looked ordinary. He had super strength, a supernatural strength given by God. God gave him the Holy Ghost that was the ultimate source of his strength. God called Samson to be a Nazarite. That means he was separated. That means he was wholly surrendered unto the Lord. According to number six, a Nazarite was never to drink strong drink, nor touch a dead body, and the mark of his dedication would be his uncut hair. All of this Samson despised. Instead of putting himself in God's hands to accomplish his God-given test, he chose to live to please none other 
than himself. And I'm afraid that if we were to look at our churches, if we were to look at our families, if you were to look at the fathers, the mothers, and more importantly, if we look at the young people across our nation, it breaks my heart that they have it in the look of their faces. You can see it in the depth of their eyes that they want to have it their way. And most of the young people today, I'm going to say this, and it's going to offend some people, but you just have to get over it. Most young people are never going to go any further in their spiritual life than their parents are willing to go. It is They are exceptions to the rule, but most young people are never going to be more spiritual than their parents. But Samson, he had every opportunity. He had godly parents seeking godly wisdom, godly counsel, godly direction, and they had a child that had a Nazarite vow and, and, and had the, the power of God and was willing to follow that Nazarite vow, but it came a point in his life where he despised all of this heritage and he threw his life down the drain. You know, it's tragic when you can see a, a, a young person that God gives them a wonderful heritage. He gives them a great opportunity and they treat it so lightly. They, it's just like they don't care. They don't think it's a big deal. And they just despise everything that's God get, that God has given them. And they don't realize that they're headed down the same path that Samson was headed. First of all, the man that had it his own way, he had to despise his heritage. Not only did he despise his heritage, but he defied his parents. When you look in chapter number 14, when you fast forward a little bit, you, you look at verses 1 through 4, that he's going on and he's wanting this, this, this woman, if you will. And, and, and the father looks at him in verse 3 and says, uh, Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman amongst the daughters of thy brethren, or among all my people, that thou shouldest go take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistine? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. You can see everything you need to see in that verse right there. Uh, evidence of a spiritual decline is when you can't even get along with your godly parents. I'm afraid that when you have godly parents, I'm not perfect. I hope that I'm leading my children in the right way, and I want to serve God. I want them to serve God, and I know I make mistakes. And I, again, I know I'm not perfect, but when the children can't even get along with their parents, that is a true evidence that the child is not only despising their heritage, but they're defying the authority at home. Now, I'm here to tell you, I don't think there's too much authority in this home because a father said, hey, why are you looking at another woman from another country? You need, you don't need that. That's going to hurt you. That's going to lead you down the wrong path. That's not what God intended because Samson overrode him and he didn't say, hey, dad, this is what I really want. But he just said, get her. And he, then he finished it up and said, not only want you to get her, but she pleases me. And here's where it all starts. When you look at verse number one, and it says, And Samson went down. You look at chapter 14. Samson went 
down to Timnath. Anytime that you go down, when God wants you to go up, you're headed the wrong direction. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. A lot of times when you see that phrase and you see the name and it says, and he went down. Many times you'll look, if you look at the geography, God intended them for them to go up, but yet they choose to go down. And then there's consequences when you do that. When you despise your heritage and when you defy your godly parents, you are headed down to destruction. He knew the laws of God. He knew what it meant to be separated. He knew what it meant not to be part of the world. But yet he looked at his father. He didn't ask him. He told them. He said, get her for me. And many times we look at our young people and we look at adults that don't even stick, you know, in, they're not doing it physically, but really what they're doing is they're pointing their fingers at God and says, I don't care what your plan is. I don't care what you've intended for my life. It doesn't matter what greatness awaits me. This is pleasing to my flesh, and this is what I want, and I want you to provide it for me. You ever heard saying, be careful what you ask for? It very may well be that God will allow you to get what you want. But then it'll cost you everything that you didn't intend to give up. See, God can give you the desires of your heart, but he can also send leanness into your soul. So not only did he despise his heritage, not only did he defy his parents, but he defiled his body. You know the passage that the, the Nazarite vow, he was never to touch a dead body. But Samson defiled himself by getting the honey out of the carcass of that lion. You know, I find and I see a lot of times that when you start digging into someone's broken life and someone's damaged life, you will find where they've thrown all the heritage down the drain, where they didn't listen to the warning from the parents, but you'll find them playing with the dead things of the world. And I'm telling you, there's a consequence when you fool with the dead things that God never intended you to touch. And I don't want to labor that point too much. It kind of speaks for itself. But you better be careful when you're handling things that God intended for you to stay away from and never to touch. He also disregarded God's warning. When we look at chapter number 15, we start breaking it into a little bit what's going on in Samson's life here. He became in lack of water. He lost his friends and then he prays to God, and he says, hey, I need water. You find that in chapter 15, verses 18 through 20. He says, God, I'm at a place where I'm thirsting, and I need water. And then he says, I need strength. We find this in chapter 16 and verse number 28. We find that at the end there, he's asking for God to, to touch him one more time that he can seek vengeance for what has been done to him. But I'm here to tell you, God wants to have a relationship with you. He doesn't want you to call out to him when you're where you're not supposed to be. God will send a drought in your life. God can make you thirsty. And God, all he's trying to do is to get your attention to show you that you're in the wrong path. 
But nevertheless, sometimes people just want to do what they want to do. They ignore all the warnings of God. And they're like, God, I know I'm thirsty right now, and and I know that it's my fault, but I still want you to provide water for me. God, I know that I've made a mess of my life, but I want you to fill me with that power again. And it's a sad story that we see that uh, how Samson ended up, and God did touch him one more time, but it's sad that he did more in his death than he did in his life. And I hope that that won't be your testimony. Samson, he despised his heritage. He, he, he defied his parents. He defiled his body. He disregarded God's warning. But he also deliberately played with sin. Oh, my friend, can I tell you this afternoon that you don't wake up at the grind mill. You don't wake up with your eyes plucked out. That doesn't happen overnight. Samson played with sin deliberately a long time before he ever ended up in the shape that he ended up in. There was all kinds of warning signs that he should have paid attention to. There was all kinds of things that he knew he shouldn't participate in, yet he went ahead. He went down to somewhere he shouldn't have been. He started uh, uh, fraternizing himself with people he should not have been fraternizing with. He's, He's with Delilah. He should have never been with her. He gets so comfortable that he lays his head in the lap of his enemy, and yet he didn't realize She was the enemy because he got complacent. He thought that he could whip it. He thought he was strong enough. And even when he stood up, he didn't even realize that he no longer had his strength. But you know what? The Bible says he lost his hair. And because he lost his hair, he lost his strength. And can I tell you that it would have been bad enough if we had stopped there. But he lost his strength. And when he lost his light, he lost his sight. You say, what do you mean? You know, everything that used to be beautiful to him, he could no longer see. When he knew the difference between the day and the night, when he could look that no doubt the thing that pleased him was Delilah's beauty, and I'd have to believe this afternoon that Delilah was probably a beautiful woman. But the very thing that got him to the place that where he is at, she pleases me, Father, you get her for me, was the very thing that took away his sight that he couldn't even enjoy the beauty that he once beheld. Not only did he lose his strength, not only did he lose his light, but he lost his liberty. He is now bound by the enemy. He lost his strength, his light, his liberty. He lost his usefulness to God. God could no longer use him the way he had planned. And ultimately, he lost his own testimony. Used to, when people heard Samson's name, they would fear because this is one man that could kill a thousand men. But now you hear his name, and he's the laughing stock of the Philistines. Because he has no power. He has no light. He has no liberty. He is our prisoner now. God help us to where we get to a place where we throw away everything and the world gets to a place where they just make fun of us. Samson no doubt repented of his sin because God gave him one more chance to act by faith. 
But like I said before, it's sad that Samson did more in his death than he did in his life. How much more could Samson have done if he hadn't have had it his own way? Samson illustrates a man who has the power to conquer others, but did not have the power to conquer his own self. He set the Philistines' fields on fire, but he could not control the fires of his own lust. He killed a lion with his bare hands, but he could not put to death the passions of his own flesh. He could easily break the bonds that men put on him, but the shackles of sin gradually grew stronger on his soul. Instead of leading the nation of Israel, he preferred to work independently, and as a result, he left no permanent victory behind. He sacrificed a permanent victory for his people in order just to have a small moment of victory of flesh, which cost him everything. Last of all this afternoon, that Samson was remembered more for what he destroyed instead of what he could have built up. Let me tell you that you having it your way is not only going to affect you, but like Samson, his decisions affected the entire nation of Israel. May God help us to be sensitive to his word when he convicts us to not have it our way, but to do it God's way. We have now come to the end of our time today. I hope and pray that today's broadcast was a help and blessing to you. If you wish to contact me, you can email me at inhisgrip at inbox.com. Again, that is inhisgrip at inbox.com. But before I go, I just want to remind you one more time that you are in his grip. Isaiah 41:13 says, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Join us at the same time next week for more old-fashioned singing and preaching. I am Jonathan Smith, and thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to the In His Grip radio broadcast.